everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bowman Chronicles podcast. We appreciate you being with us tonight. We're coming to you from Church Hill, Tennessee. I'm uh, on my production guy, Dylan Holly's farm down here, and uh, so we're, we're taping a few episodes here tonight, and uh, got a very special guest on with us tonight, uh, and a, just a, a dear, very dear friend of mine. Uh, we met a few years ago hunting, and uh, I'm so glad that he could join us tonight, and he is uh, Mr. Doc Boone from Lily Pond Creek Outfitters and Lodge. Doc, thanks for being on, brother. Well, thank you for having me, Mark. It's good to see you again. It's great seeing you, too. I hadn't seen you in a while. I was, uh, of course, I was going to head down and do a little hunting with you this past, or uh, a few months ago. Our stars didn't line up, but, uh, man, I, you're looking good, and uh, and uh, I hope everything's going well in the, in the hunting world for you. It is, it is. I think you need to wear glasses, though. Mark. <laughs> hey, you don't. You haven't changed a bit since I seen you. That was the year before last. So, uh, it's uh, of course we all. I'm getting old too, man. So I'm getting ready. Yeah. I, I've got the big double nickels coming up here in uh, about uh, two weeks. So. <laughs> double nickels. Well, I wish I was 55 again. <laughs> 59, my next birthday. Goes by quick, don't it? <laughs> it does. It does. And I can't do the things I used to do. I well, sure can't. Well, you still <laughs> you still hell of a, a bear hunter in the in the swamps, and I have experienced that firsthand. So <laughs> you still get around the swamps, in North Carolina, really well. <laughs> I wish I had you on some of my tracking adventures. I had a I had a very special one, uh, not this past season, but the, the season prior to this one. That we crawled in, and it was dark, and we crawled in on a, a one that was still alive. Ooh, and that was, yeah, that oh. was pretty exciting. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to hear about that before we close. I, uh, I, and Doc, I'll let you uh, kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself and about your outfitter business and how you got into it, and then I. I definitely want to go into that because that was one of my subjects I wanted to talk to you about tonight. Because, folks, I'll tell you this. First time I ever hunted with Doc, we were on a bear hunt uh, down in Hyde County, North Carolina. And it was my actually my first black bear hunt. Doc was the first person that ever took me black bear hunting. <clears throat> and I got down there, and uh, I will tell you, uh, Doc took me out that morning and put me in my tree stand. And when it got daylight – we were hunting the canal roads, of course, and a bunch of swamp and the worst thickets that any man could ever imagine. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, I was like, how in the world would we ever get this thing out of here if I did kill one? <laughs> so, but Doc can do it, trust me. So, Doc, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your background and uh, and your, your outfitting business, man. Um, Doc Boone from Jackson, North Carolina. We're right on the Virginia line, just below Richmond. So as soon as you cross into North Carolina, coming down 95, we're, we're about 15 minutes east. And I grew up here. Um, my family's been here for a long time. Uh, came home from NC State in 89. And my, I had a good friend of mine, um, and he and I hunted together all the time. And he had already started a, um, 
he'd already started a bird business of, uh, I don't, I can't remember what you call them, uh, uh, pheasant and quail yeah. and release birds. So he had already started doing that preserve, yeah. a, a bird preserve. And, um, we deer hunted together a lot and I had a bunch of land that I hunted and it was kind of funny back then, you know, when I was a young guy, you go to a farmer and say, can I hunt your land? And of course, help yourself. And then it became a little bit of money got involved. Yeah. And I remember that I had probably 2000 acres of land that I hunted just myself that I had gotten from one of the farmers. And the only thing I had to do for him was I had to get him ACC tournament tickets downstairs. <laughs> and that came with it. That was an adventure of its own because I was meeting people, you know, people I didn't know, scalpers in the middle of the night in places I didn't, in Raleigh, in these sketchy places. So, <laughs> uh, that was an adventure too. So anyway, that went from ACC tournament tickets so you started having to pay. But anyway, I had the land, he had the lodge. So we started a place called Akanichi Lodge. And I was with him for three years. And um, I've, uh, my great-grandfather's house was being sold by my cousin. She had inherited from her dad. And uh, she was going to sell the old Boone home place. Yeah. So I bought it and... Uh, Another friend of mine and I started Lily Pond Creek. So I, I split off from Akaniki, started Lily Pond Creek with a with a partner, and I had a partner for about three years. But the first, I think, the first year we were, the first year Akaniki Lodge with Akaniki Lodge, I think we had nine clients, and they were um, they were guys from uh, Avon, Massachusetts, Avon Fishing Game Club, and every one of them. Were, were characters, every one of them. <laughs> so three years later, my partner, Alan, and I started Lily Fun Creek, and our clients, we had two groups that came down from Massachusetts, from Avon Fish and Game. And the first year I was in business, well, we were in business. One of the guys from, um, from the, you know, they had one one group that would come one week, and then one group that would come another week. Yeah. Well, the first group, I think it was maybe Tuesday, uh, and Alan, my partner, we lived together across the street from the lodge. Yeah. And we were taking turns uh, guiding in the morning. One of us would sleep in one morning, and then the other one would guide, and then the next morning, the other guy would sleep in, and, and uh, vice versa. So it was Alan's morning to guide, and um, within 10 minutes, he, I could hear him driving back up the driveway. I hear him walk on the porch. I hear him open the door, and I'm standing at the door. I said, what's wrong? He said, I think Jack's dead. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, he's on the floor, and and he's not moved, and he's blue. <laughs> so I went to the lodge. Sure enough, our first, you know, first year in business, Man had had a heart attack and died in the middle of the night. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, Alan was with me for about three years. And um, and then he went back to Virginia. He lives up in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and he's in the real estate business. So he's doing well with that. But um, it just, 
it went on from from there. But how I got started, I think Northampton County, North Carolina, was always the top county in North Carolina to hunt deer. And um, my brother, when I was about, I think my dad would. Um, let me get back to that point. My dad would take us hunting on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. And every once in a while, he would had a local guy that was a big bird hunter. He would come get me out of school and we'd go quail hunting when I was a young kid. But the, that was the extent of the hunting we did. We would maybe go dove hunting. So I had four brothers and one sister, and I was the only hunter in the family. So when I was 12 years old, my brother joined the local hunting club, but he joined it for the party scene, you know, to drink and yeah. have fun with the guy and the social part of it. Well, he took me hunting for my first time with dogs. We were running deer with dogs, and I was hooked. So, bought a rifle. I remember I was saving up for a mini bike or a motorcycle. And uh, I asked my parents, I said, can I take my money that I'm saving for my motorcycle and buy a rifle? Because I want to go deer hunting. And they let me do it. And I was hooked. So, Northampton County was the um, top county in the state. So I became uh, the favors guide. So my dad had a guy that wanted a favor. I, you know, I know you live in Northampton County. Uh, y'all got some good deer hunting up there, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. My son will take you. You want to go? So I became everybody's, you know, guide for my brother's friends, my dad's friends. And then my brother, my sister married a guy who was a big hunter. So I, he and I, I had to take him hunting. I was like 12 or 13 years old taking this, you know, my sister's uh, boyfriend hunting all the time. So he and I got along really well. But anyway, I was the, I was the, uh, I was the go-to guy in my family. So anybody that friends of my family wanted to go hunting, hunting, I had to take them. (laughs) So I kind of got started that way. Well, when I was in college, I graduated from NC State and I graduated with horticulture. And a friend of mine and I started a landscaping business in, in Raleigh. Uh-huh. And uh, I heard about, you know, there was one, maybe one lodge in North Pennsylvania County. And we all thought he was crazy. <laughs> you know, we, we took it for granted. Who in the heck is going to want to come to North Hampton County to deer hunt? Well, he did well. You know, he was doing well with it. So, um started landscaping business and then I heard of another guy just down the road from where my lodge is now had bought a big farm on the river and he was starting a deer hunting lodge and um, I'd rest home and I went to see him. I said, I want a job. You know, I left, I said, I'm, I'm, I told my, my buddy, I said, I'm, I'm leaving the landscaping business. I'm going home. I want to where I want to do deer guy. And I want to do that for a living. Going hunting. Huh? Going hunting. What's that? You was going hunting, yeah. yeah. I just loved it. I was I loved hunting more than anything in the world, and um, so I came home and I went to see him, and he already had a deer guy, but he was doing a, a bird preserve as well. And I said, "Look, I really like to, to to help you out with your business. I'd like to have a job." He said, "All right, I'll give you a job." He said, "What I want you to do is I want you to train my bird dogs. You know, you take them out, you release birds, and you work all my bird dogs every day." And I didn't know anything about bird hunting. I was not a bird hunt. I was very disappointed because I wanted to be involved in the deer hunt. So he had, he had a hunt scheduled one day, and he told me to go hide the bird, you know, go put the birds out. 
Well, I, being a hunter, I went out and I was hiding. You know, I, you know, I went to the field and I was hiding in the field. And when I got back to him, he said, where, where are they? I said, I don't know where they are. I hit them. <laughs> hit them. He, wanted to go, he wanted to like a flag beside <laughs> everyone. He wanted to know exactly where they were. And, I, and that was just, that concept didn't register with me. I said, you know, you're hunting. I'm going to hide these things as best I can. But that's not how it worked in the preserve business. So I think I worked there two weeks. Came down to get my paycheck. And uh, he told me, I, well, I can't pay you very much, you know, you know. I said, well, I think I can get a job with my dad, working with my dad for a lot more than I make here. He said, well, that's probably a good idea. He said, because I don't think you'll ever make it as a hunting guy. <laughs> and those were stuck with me for a long, long time. I never got to tell him. I never got to, you know, to get in his face about it later on. But, yeah. um, you know, that, that those words inspired me to, to, to do what I did have done so far. But, um, so, so I worked at Boone's Farm Supplies. We had a farm supply dealership, which gave me connections to landowners. Yeah. Um, my dad had been in the grocery business and farm supply business for a long time. So I went to work with my dad at the farm supply business, and I did the lodge on the side. And I would get up in the morning and go take hunters out, put them on the stand, and then I would drive to work. And I, we were in the peanut business. Um, as well as the chemical business. So in the fall, we would, <clears throat> farmers would bring us their peanuts and we would you know, take the peanuts, put them in the warehouses, and then we would ship them out to the shelves. So basically we were brokers, sort of like a broker. And so I would take hunters out in the morning, go to work in the peanut, at the peanut warehouse. At lunchtime, I'd drive home 18 miles and go check on my hunters, get them out of the stands, get them back for lunch. And uh, then I drive back to work, and this went on for several years. And we we didn't have, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of clients back then. But um, it was it was a job. Oh it yeah, was, it, it, I, I slept <laughs> I slept good those nights. But I was young. I was I think I was twenty three when I first started with Akinichi Lodge, and I, uh, I nineteen ninety four is when we opened Lily Pond Creek. Uh, but um, so we've been in business since, since 1994. But uh, I'll tell you a funny story about the guys from Massachusetts. There was a guy named Bob Wagner, and um, he he was a detective in Massachusetts, up in Boston, Massachusetts. And he was the funniest practical joking guy you've ever met in your life. <laughs> and he was always pulling some kind of stuff. So they had this guy that came with him. His name was Bob Radish. And I know I'm kind of jumping from place to place. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. um, He was so funny, and he was always up to something. We had a guy named Bob Radish, and Bob Radish had fallen off of a window, one of those window cleaning things, and, and I don't know if he broke his back or his hips or what, but they told him he'd never walk again. But anyway, he could walk. But he had those crutches that, that would grab around your wrist and you had the handles on them. Yes. And Bob was always messing with this guy. They would go in his room at night and, and turn his clock back two hours. <laughs> and he, he, I mean, it was a struggle for this guy to get out of bed. And um, 
he would get out of bed and he'd come in the kitchen and start making coffee. And he was thinking it's like four or five o'clock in the morning and actually it's two or three, you know. And so he he would make his coffee and then he'd look up at the clock in the kitchen and he would cuss, you know. <laughs> don't that so be don't so be <laughs> Oh, they would do they would pull pranks on this guy all the time. And I remember one time we didn't we right now we have a little pavilion out here with a roof on it that we can sit and uh, we shoot underneath and, and place for the guys to sit with picnic tables. Well, back then we didn't have that. We had a, a pear tree about 50, 75 yards from the doorsteps of the lodge. And we had chairs around and we'd all sit out there and talk. Well, I remember one day we were, we were sitting um, one afternoon, sitting out there talking before the afternoon hunt. And we see the man with the crutches, Bob, come out of the house and, uh, Bob Wagner says, um, when he gets over here now, everybody get up and leave. <laughs> I mean, it, it took at least 15 minutes for this guy to get out of the house oh and walk off the <laughs> and then everybody gets up and leave. But that's the kind of stuff that Bob Wagner would do. But met a lot of interesting, fun uh, uh, jerks. <laughs> Fun people. I've met jerks. I've, I've met all kinds of people, but uh, oh yeah, it's been an interesting business. Yeah, I, and you know, the first year that I hunted with you, I I came down and and uh, was was bear hunting, and then I, I actually killed my bear on the first day, and then you sent me up uh, that we were in Hyde County down at Carolina Ranch, and uh, then after that, after I killed my bear, you sent me up to the uh, Verona Plantation. And man, I'll mm-hmm. tell you, I, I love it up there. I mean, I, that is just old school, you know, hunting and it's old school lodges. And uh, so doc, how many acres do you have there between the two lodges at, uh, at Lily Pond Creek and Verona? We're probably on the Verona side. We've got two, 4,000 acre contiguous blocks. So 4,000 contiguous and then another 4,000 with a total of 8,000 acres at Verona. Yeah, and then at Lily Pond we got about six that we hunt, and Lily Pond is kind of <clears throat> Lily Pond is more of a we don't have restrictions on what you can shoot, and it's because we have farms scattered within a twenty mile radius. So we might have two hundred acre farm here, seventy five acre farm here, a five hundred acre farm here, and you really can't manage that. I mean, I guess you could. But unless your neighbors are really doing it, you're, you're kind of wasting your time. So right. it, it kind of works out for guys that just want to come down and shoot a doe, and they want they want to get get some meat or or a, you know a trophy to everybody is not the same. Exactly. So if a guy is able to shoot a four pointer, um, you know that's his trophy, then then that's fine. You know I don't have a problem with it. Corona and Thornberry used to be a lodge called Thornberry that I've taken over. Yeah, and just happened to be Thornberry was uh, joined my piece. So when I took over, um, it, it worked out really well for us. But uh, we man, we try to manage. Um, we shoot bucks uh, with 14-inch inside spread or better. So um, we probably have the potential to grow bigger bucks. But um, yeah. <laughs> being in North Carolina, um, you know, three and a half year old deer 
that's that's what we're looking to shoot. Yeah. We'd rather make it four and a half, five and a half, but I probably wouldn't have any clients if I did that. So yeah, um, we kind of we kind of settle with fourteen inches, trying to get the three and a half year old deer. Um, but uh, the farms, uh, the Verona plantation was actually was a plantation, and it was owned by General Matt Ransom, who was a Confederate general in the Civil War. And Thornberry Plantation was um, owned by the Berguins, and Steve Berguin owns that now. And his ancestor was a boy colonel who was killed at Gettysburg. He was 21 years old, and he was a colonel, and uh, he was in the Confederate Army, too. But he got killed at Gettysburg at 21. Wow. So a lot of history there, too, Yeah, which makes it interesting. But beautiful, beautiful property, and... uh, a lot of lot of game on a lot of deer. Yeah, I I tell you, the the few days that I was up there, uh, when I came up and hunted, I really enjoyed it, man. We uh we had a blast not only in camp, of course, you know, like you were talking about, man, I made a lot of new friends and you know, we joked and all week and man, we ate good and you know, it was um uh, it was just such a, a treat to be there in an old school hunting camp like that and uh, you know, to have that kind of uh um, you know, heritage that goes along and history that goes along with those plantations. I mean, that's just, uh, that's awesome. It, it really is. And uh, I can't. Uh, well, I hate, to, I hate to think of the, of the people that I wouldn't have met if I hadn't been in this business, you know, like yourself. And I've got friends all up and down the East Coast that I've met um, and, and across the United States that I've met um, that, that are, and I keep in touch with on a regular basis and uh, that I consider to be very, very close friends. So I'd hate to think that I, if, if I, if I have to say the most positive thing that's come out of me being in this business and that would be uh, making, you know, meeting all the people that I've met. I mean, you got to make money and, and that's my job, but, but that's been the most satisfying part of it is the people that I've met. Yeah, you know, we've uh, talked about that on on several of our past podcasts, man, and that is, you know, hunting, and and I'm the same way. It has it has brought so many people into my life, friends. You know, when you and I first met, you know, years ago, um, when I was down hunting with you, you know, ever since that hunt, I don't think there's probably a week that's gone by that we don't, or a two week period goes by. We don't at least say, Hey man, how you doing? Or what's going on? Or we'll have a laugh or something, you know, man, it's just awesome. I mean, and you know, the friendship that you and I've built, I mean, I consider you one of my best friends and then, you know, of course, you know, I'd do anything in the world for you and I know you would me. And that's, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's, there's something to be said for that. And, um, it's, uh, the, the, you know, hunting, that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's, uh, not always about that kill and the trophy, like you said, maybe a four pointer to whoever adds a trophy, you know, uh, that's, that's perfect, you know, and, and or doe or coming to hunt, just being hunting camp, man. And that's, uh, that's just what it's all about. So, and i tell you, you know, you guys do a great job. I, um, every time I've been there, it's been, you know, awesome. And the people are just, you know, the guides are great. And, and, you know, I love hanging out with you and Tom, you know, that. <laughs> so I wish Tom could have been on with us tonight. We'll drag him on one night, but, uh, yeah, Tom's a very, very interesting guy. Um, he, you can get him. He's, he's, he's very humble. Though. 
He is. Uh, he is. Uh, he is a very, very great guy. The, the the pickleball champion of Hilton Head, South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> but Doc, you were talking earlier, and I wanted to get into this because, um, uh, you know, the first time you had me down on my bear hunt, I mean, I, I was. I looked at that territory. I mean, it is it's beautiful, but. I mean, it is, that's some unforgiving swampland and it is, you, it is. you know, if you have never been on a hunt in those areas, the coastal areas down there, I mean, you're in for a treat, but I'll tell you this. And that's why that I, I told you after that hunt, I said, I have a, a huge respect for what you do because <laughs> you don't walk back into these swamps looking for a bear you crawl back in those tunnels looking for a bear so and you know that in itself and and you and i have experienced that as you know the second one i put a bad shot on and (laughs) you and i were crawling back through there and, and it was always in my mind during that hunt when that next day i shot that bear right at dark that evening and i hit it a little far back and it probably ran what 300 yards back into the but we doc and i went back in there after the next morning and i will tell you this that is a life-changing experience if you're a hunter because following this man right here back in (laughs) we were crawling on our hands and knees now i mean this is how you have to do it and you're tracking that blood trail and it was always and i don't know how many times i asked doc this but i know i asked him at least 20 times on the way back through there as i was like doc do you think he's dead (laughs) do you think he's dead (laughs) and doc said He's dead, Mark. He's dead. Just let this, we'll find it. Then I'm like, okay, you know, so I just tracked on with or crawled on with him. So, but Doc, tell about the story that you were talking about last year about the bear that you guys went back in there and it was still alive, man. I, I tell you, and I commend you for it, but I cannot imagine doing that. Well, it, the first year I was down there, I was petrified of going into that stuff at night especially um, because I didn't know the property that well and I knew there were rattlesnakes and, and I just I wasn't the first year I did the, the guiding at, at bear camp the first season I did bear hunts I was very green um, I'd been in the hunt business a long time so I knew basically how to do the hunting part of it and but uh, as far as tracking a bear and skinning a bear I was I was very green and I learned as I went, but, uh, um, we've had, I know Tom and I were tracking a bear on the very back Northeast corner one night. And that was, I think that's the thickest place on earth. And, uh, <laughs> we were, we got way back in probably 300 yards in on these little tunnels crawling in. And we, you know, we, we had to come out and, and, uh, go back the next day. And I'll tell you a funny story about that too. Next day, we go back in and get on the blood trail again, and we probably go another 100 yards, and we find the bear. The bear's dead. And by this time, it's probably 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning because we've been tracking for a couple of hours. And um, there's no walking out. I mean, you don't just no. say, okay, I found the bear. Walk out to the path. No. you got to find. you got to holler, and, and if you can get a cell signal, call people and find out what the closest exit Rudy is because you got to drag this bear out of there. I said, all right, Tom, 
I got to go this way. That's where the guys are. I can hear them. You know, they're hollering at me, and I'm going to go this way. You stay here, and we're 400 yards into this this thickest place on earth. Into the abyss, yeah. I will tell you, it is the abyss. <laughs> and there's not kids. Whenever you say rattlesnakes, hell, that was the least of my worries in there. When I was like, oh my god, it's hard to tell what's living in this place. <laughs> I know. I said, Tom, you stay here. I'm going. I'm going out. I'm going to get the rope, and I'm going to bring a rope back in here to you. And uh, I got to run back to the skinning shed, which was. The furthest stand away from the skinning shed or from the lodge was seven miles, and that's where we were. <laughs> so I said, "I'm going to go back to the skinning shed. I'm going to get the drag rope. I'm going to get the cone, and I'm going to I'm going to come back, and uh, um, you know, we'll get this bear out. So you stay here, so I'll know exactly where the bear is, so we don't have to. You know, I didn't have any flagging tape, which was stupid. <laughs> uh, we, after that, we always had flagging tape in our pockets. So anyway. Yes. I'll be back as soon as I can. Well, in the meantime, I had two or three other hunters out, and they shot bears. While I, while we were in there, they had already shot the bear. So I had, I think, three bears to drag out of the woods while Tom was sitting in there with the, with the bear from the previous day. So I get those out of the woods. I get those to the skin and shit. I get the rope. And, and meanwhile, it's about two or three hours. <laughs> I bet Tom's a happy man by now. <laughs> Tom was a happy man. So I finally get back with the road and I start walking in and I start yelling, Tom! Tom! And he won't answer. He's serious. Oh, I can imagine. I, number one, I'd been scared to death. I'd probably done that heart attack but if you'd left me in there for three hours. <laughs> He was pretty hot, and he said, I, I later on found out, I said, Tom, did you not hear me calling you? Yeah, I heard you. I just wasn't answering you. You left me in there for three hours. <laughs> Finally, he answered us. We get the bear out. I, it, was, it was a five- or six-hour process. Um, so, but a couple of years ago, uh, a guy shot one. In the same situation, it was at night. It's always at night. Oh, yeah. Yes. And we're tracking this bear. It's me and Bill. I don't, you didn't meet Bill, but Bill helped me in the 2020, I guess it was 2022 season. And uh, so we're tracking this bear and we can hear him moving up ahead of us. And when you turn your fly, I don't know if you've ever coon hunted, but it's kind of funny when you when we used to coon hunt. The th- the saying was "turn your light off so I can hear." Yes, and and <laughs> that's weird that you have to turn your light off to hear, but it works. It I does mean. work, yes. <clears throat> so when you turn your light off in the middle of that thicket at night, it's the darkest, quietest place on earth, and you can hear anything. You know, as far as walking around you, and we, and I think it was a possum, is what it was, but it sounded like it was circling around. <laughs> and so we were like, he's, he's, he's right over there. He's coming, he's coming around us. He's still moving. So we were already kind of nervous to begin with. And um, we kept on and we kept on and we kept on. And finally, I said, Bill, look, I said, I, it's obvious that we're jumping this bear. He's still alive. I said, the best thing for us to do. It's probably just come back in the morning, mark this spot. You know, then we had Onyx or Onyx, whatever yeah. you call it. Yep. You can mark your spot on 
so we didn't have to worry about leaving Tom. <laughs> but, um, so I said, let's come back in the morning and we'll find this bear. I said, when we sat there for a minute, I said, I said, you know, most of the time when you do that, the bear, the, whatever animal you're tracking is usually about 10 or 15 yards further. You know, you come back the next day and, and if you had gone just another 10 or 15 yards, there he is. Yeah. So I said, crawl through that hole and and uh, just go about 10 or 15, 20 more yards because he had the pistol. Yeah. Uh, see if you see anything. If not, we'll come back in the morning. Well, he disappears. I mean, you you move three feet and then you disappear. From yeah, the you fight. cannot see after that. Because it's so thick. Well, the next thing I heard was that 45 going off about five or six times. <laughs> he peeked over the log. He oh, my God. crawled up to a log and he peeked over and he was eye to eye with that bear. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And he he did he did finish him off before he got mauled. But, uh, <laughs> that was a little nerve wracking. I, oh, I, I don't I don't know I don't know if I could have pulled the trigger. No, <laughs> 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 but I'm glad it was him and not me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. How big was the bear? He was about 250 pounds. Oh, he was plenty big enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was was plenty big enough. (laughs) Yeah. But, no, that is – I I had never experienced that until I, you know, bear hunted with you. And, I I mean, it is just a different – uh, you know, we were on earlier with a, a lady uh, has a uh, outfitter out in Montana that I hunt with. I'm, I'm heading back out there this year. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a lot different when you're in open country tracking something, you know, you can see around you. When you're in that right. swamp down there and you're on your hands and knees, I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you, when you and I did that, uh, I was uh, – I was scared. (laughs) I was uh, was a couple times I was sitting there thinking to myself, what in the world are you thinking? What are you doing? You're an idiot. (laughs) For the longest time, I didn't take a gun with me. Oh, I know. know. (laughs) You're crawling and I was worried about losing it and it was uncomfortable. And you certainly can't take a rifle or shotgun with you. It's just, just, there's no way to do it. And, and after that night, I went, to, I think the next week I went and bought a pistol. I said, I'm not going back in there without one. So no. from then on, I had a with me. So <laughs> I did a lot of stuff down there without a weapon on me. I remember one time I had finished my baiting. I had five hunters out, I think. And I finished my baiting early. So I said, I'm going to sit in the stand and scout it and see what's coming out. And uh, he might have been down there that time. But um, I was sitting in the stand. When I got when I started walking to the stand, there were already two bears on the feeder. Yeah. So I snuck up in the stand without them seeing me, and then without disturbing them. And then it started getting dark, and I didn't have a gun. I was two hundred yards from my side by side, and there was thirteen bears around my stand, and then <laughs> at the feeder, and I had to get down in the middle of them. And go back to the side by side. So I text Tom to Tom, come get me. I've got bears all around me and I'm unarmed. Well, he was asleep on the couch and he didn't get my message. <laughs> he wouldn't have came so I anyway. Had, <laughs> I, know. I had to tiptoe 
back to my, I walked backwards from that stand to my side by side, 200 yards. But I'm, I did make it. <laughs> but that was a little nerve wracking too. You know, uh, that, that, the Carolina ranch that I hunted with you down there when you, you're doing all the, the bear, uh, outfitting on it, man, I'll tell you, it is awesome piece of property, but I have never, I mean, I, the, the, the bear population there is incredible. <clears throat> of course the it habitat is, is incredible. I, yeah. Hyde County is unbelievable. Oh, uh, bear. And, you know, I saw some of the, you know, we'd review the game camera pictures that you had and everything. And, man, I mean, there's some huge black bear there. I mean, uh, this abnormally big black bear. I think actually it wasn't the the record was killed there last year, I think, or maybe this past year. I think they they killed it with a bow. I think they killed the bow record. That's it. It was the bow record. That's it. Yeah, the state record is about is almost is over eight hundred pounds, and I, I'm not. I think that was killed in Terrell County or Terrell County. Yeah, what was the where are you from? <laughs> what was the uh, what was the biggest bear that you took off of Carolina Ranch? Five hundred. That's a big bear. Yeah, yeah. still hunting bear is is, and, and maybe I was, I was not. Um, you know, I might not, I might have been too green to know how to get the big bears, but it's hard. It seems to me it's harder to get the bigger bears, still hunting them, and especially if you don't have a lot of fields. And we didn't have a lot of fields. It was mostly hunting uh, the paths and stuff in, in the thickets. But uh, dog hunting bears, is, uh, you can usually get some big ones. And um, still hunting them too, if you've, got, if you've got big enough fields, you can put your feeders out in the middle of the fields and catch them coming back to the feeders in the morning. Yeah. But we, you know, we killed several four fifty five hundred pound bears, but not not a not a lot of them. And, and it could have been because the guys didn't, you know, weren't patient. Um, you yeah. know, some of that was not them not being patient. But they get smart pretty quick. We'd have them on, we'd have them on camera the day before. We'd have four and five and six hundred pound bears on camera on Friday. The season came in on Saturday, and they went completely nocturnal yeah. in one day. So it was hard to get the bigger bears to still hunt them like we did. Uh, well, you know, the the hunting there, I mean, you know, every time that I hunted with you there, I mean, my gosh, I mean, the, the hunting is just so exciting because, you know, you're, you're seeing bear all day. I mean, yeah. there's, there's not really an hour that goes by that you're not, you know, uh, uh, seeing bear and, you, and you're, you're hunting them just like you are a, you know, a whitetail for as far as playing the wind goes. And, yes. uh, you know, they, they stay alive just like a whitetail by their, by their nose. But, uh, but man, what an incredible place it was. You know, we had some, we had some good times there. That's for sure. I always, just, I told my wife, I'd always tell her, I said, hell, I'm going down to bear hunt with doc. But I said, I'm really going down just to hang out in bear camp. We did have fun at night, man. We watched movies and, Hang out, tell stories, and listen to Tom, you know his stories. And man, it was—I uh, mean, we we had some great times, that's for sure. And I'm looking forward to some more. So, uh, I definitely want to get back up and and hunt the plantations with you. And uh, I'd like to have you and uh, Tom come down and man do some trapping uh, if you guys want to on on my property. Um, I'd like to uh, 
get rid of a few more coyotes too. So when you boys have some free time and we can get uh, Tom pinned down, I'd love to have you for three or four days and we'll, we'll have, have us a big time in, in camp down my way. I'd love to do it. I'd love to do it. Tom was Tom. We, he was here for three weeks. He came first. I think he came new year's day and, uh, we, we scouted, uh, scouted that evening and the next day we were setting traps and, um, we had a slow start and when he left, I think he left before yesterday, he left sun, Sunday, maybe Sunday or Monday. Yeah. What's the day? Wednesday? Yeah. I think that's Sunday or Monday. When he left, we were tied. I had called, uh, five. Uh, animals, and he had caught five animals. Yeah. Well, yesterday I caught my sixth one, so I'm ahead of it. Oh, I'm ahead oh, of Tom. <laughs> he was the first one I called. When I called, I caught a bobcat yesterday, and, and but he, he's green with envy right now. Oh, yeah. He'll be back. I'll promise you. He's not going to let that happen. <laughs> so, I'll tell you a story about how I met Tom. Tom, Tom is a talker. And, uh, he, uh, I always, I always tell him, don't break your arm patting yourself on the back, Tom. <laughs> but uh, he hunted with me probably 20, probably 96, 95, 96. Yeah. And then we started lily pond in 94. So a long, long time ago. And, uh, after that, I would go to the Harrisburg show in Pennsylvania and I could see Tom coming down the aisle. Well, he <laughs> caught me the first year. The first year he stopped by my booth and it was like an hour of, of him talking about what he, you know, all about Tom. And, uh, and he has killed a lot of stuff. He's very interesting. Yeah. You know, I've got, I've, I've, I've Tom is an acquired taste. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's definitely an acquired taste. We love but, him. Uh, oh, yeah, I love him to death. But uh, the first year he got me, the second year I saw him coming down the aisle at Harrisburg. Yeah. And so I hid down behind my booth. <laughs> <laughs> I watched him walk on by. When he went on by, I, I popped back up. I always tell him that story. I said, yeah, I used to hide from you, so I didn't have to talk to you. <laughs> That is, uh, we got to have him on now. Uh, now. Doc, Tom has killed, as far as bird species, and I know he's told me this, he's killed every bird species in several countries. I, well, he's, he's, he's trying to, he killed all kinds of, he's got a bunch, he's got over 200 ducks. I mean, he's, he's, he's uh, recognized for, yes. for the, what he's done, and I don't know all the, accolades that he's got but um he has he goes all over the world hunting specific ducks like yes. he just last year he went to alaska to hunt uh emperor goose and that's really really hard to get a tag for he did that and um he's gone after capricali he's gone after a wondering whistling duck i always tease him about that look at that tom there's a wondering whistling duck. <laughs> Where is he wondering to? <laughs> I always go, I wonder where the wondering whistling duck is. Anyway, he goes all over the world. He's been to Argentina. He's been to uh, Mongolia. He's yes. been all over. 
all over the world hunting these ducks, and he's got a beautiful collection. But I'm not sure. He's in the process now of doing trying to get a super slam for uh, turkeys, which every state in the United States. Yeah. Um, so he gets he gets his mind focused on something. You know, he he does it, and he does it as hard as he can do it. Yeah. So he's he's a unique guy. Love him to death, and very good. And it, again, I would have never met Tom had it not been for me being in this business. So. Yeah. Well, I, I I enjoy being around Tom and being with him, uh, you know, on every hunt, man. It's it's just so much fun, and and uh, you know when we all get together and everybody ribbing each other, and, you know, and it's just it's just it's so much old school fun, man. So, but uh, but Doc, thank you for being on, man. I I certainly appreciate it. And you don't know how glad how great it is to see you and uh i definitely want to uh, get together at some point this year and do some hunting and tell tom if he hadn't killed a, a turkey one of them turkeys in tennessee to we can drag him down for that too because i've got some good birds on the property so if he I can sure uh, he I can sure feel will. that I'd tennessee tag yeah um but we'll definitely do that and if you know you guys can uh get away for a few days and just come down and he will do some trapping too. We, I got, I got some coyotes and they'd get rid of for sure. So, but, uh, Tom is the coyote machine. So we'll catch them. <laughs> told me everything I know about trapping. I love it. I love it. Well, doc, tell uh, everybody how to get a hold of you and you know, your, uh, uh, plantations and your business. And if they want to book a hunt with you, uh, folks, I'll tell you, you will not be disappointed. It's such a great place to come to. And it's just, uh, it's old school hunting and, and so much fun, man. I, I, I love it every time I come. Um, you can, you can get our, uh, go to our webpage at www uh dot creek dot com and that's again let me say it www.lilypondcreek.com and that's L I L Y. A lot of people want to spell it L L L I L L Y. But it's L I L Y. Or you can call me at two five two five seven eight two seven four three. That's my cell phone. I've got it with me all the time. If I don't answer I'll call you back very quickly and um but you can go to our website and you can c- communicate with me right through the website if you if you need to. Um, but I've uh, got some openings. got a few openings left for this year. I've got a couple of turkey openings. had a cancellation last week. So I've got usually booked solid on turkey hunt. So I've got some, some openings on that for the, uh, it would be the third hunt, which was, uh, we run for two weeks. We have a month long season, but I only got for two weeks and I, and I leave them alone. Okay. So it would be the third hunt, not the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday would be the third hunt. But the second week, the first three days. But um, check us out on the webpage or give me a call. I'll give you all the information you need and hopefully get you up to Northampton County, North Carolina, do some deer hunting or turkey hunting. Well, brother, thank you. I love you, and I'm looking forward to seeing you here soon. And thanks again for being on. And uh, have a great rest of your week. Tell Tom I said hello if you get a hold of him. Tell him I'll be in Hilton Head next week. So, 
I'll talk to him tomorrow. He wants to report every day when I finish trapping him, whether I call him. <laughs> Perfect. Yep, I'll, I'll be up bright and early checking my traps tomorrow morning. Good to see you too, Mark. Love you too. And hopefully we can see face to face very soon. Yes, sir. And good luck trapping tomorrow. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Folks. Sounds good. Mr. Doc Boone, thank you for being with us tonight. One of the best bear hunters on the planet. One of the best deer hunters on the planet. Love being with you, brother. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon. Folks, I'm Mark Bowman. Thank you for being with us tonight. And special thanks to Mr. Doc Boone of Lily Pond Creek Outfitters for being on with us tonight. Doc's one of my favorite people to hunt with, and I can't wait to get back out there with him. So appreciate you all being with us. And uh, if you want to book a hunt in the great state of North Carolina, give Doc a call. Thanks again for being here, and we will talk to you next time. Folks, I'm Mark Bowman, and you have been listening to the Bowman Chronicles podcast. We appreciate you being with us, and you can find our podcast on all your favorite platforms, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Amazon, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your favorite podcast, we should be there. So we appreciate you listening. Leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing and how you like the podcast. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Bowman Chronicles. We appreciate you being here, and we will talk to you next time.